0: Our score after two periods in Lowell is UMass Lowell three, Merrimack two. Joining us for the second intermission here, Chris Aliano is the director of sports information at Merrimack. And well, I guess uh, on the on the heels of it, uh, heels of a bad first period, Chris, uh, Warriors came back up played a lot much better in the second period. But ironically, what have you got? Four of the five goals in this game, and then another one that was waved off and scored on shots from the outside, shots that were deflected. It's just a case of however you can get the puck to the net, and however you can get
1: it in the net, that's all that matters. That really is the case tonight, Mike. And wasn't it just refreshing first off to see two goals and a minute 48 for a team that averages right you know, roughly two goals every 60 minutes. So I think that's the biggest positive. If you're Merrimack, they have to take in the locker room right now. Obviously, that that third goal uh, full goal could be a backbreaker, at least in the period. But it sure was nice to see that explosion right there, that grittiness from Merrimack. You know, to get those 30 goals, as you said, just, just put them on net, and obviously, things, good things happen. And
0: down by a goal here after two. I mean, we've seen this situation before. The thing, one of the things that's strange to me is you got a team here that has lost a couple of games when leading after. and that doesn't usually happen, but they've also come back to win, I think,
1: 3 games with uh, it's almost mind-boggling. It's certainly, you know, been a familiar face, a place for Merrimack this year. But I think it's three, nine, and one is the official count for Merrimack, when, when trailing after two periods. So certainly they're in more than more situations than they'd like to be when trailing after 40 minutes. But obviously, you see, you know, that's three out of you know the seven wins they have this year. That's almost 50% of your wins. They have proven that comeback ability. And when they're not winning, we saw it what, in Notre Dame. They came back with a, a dramatic goal to tie. You know, we've seen those late third period that goal-scoring ability, which obviously, obviously. Is clutch, but you know it's getting to that point. What do we have? Eight games after tonight, Mike. You know, it, it's it's about getting points at this point. You, you got to start trying to make up race in the standings. You know, try and get into at least securing a first round, a first round home game if you're going to be that six, seven, or eight seed. I think that's got to be the goal at this point. Just keep getting those points.
0: Now, the tough thing about that, of course, is right now as it stands, you get UMass, BU, and the Warriors are those bottom three that would go on the road for the first round for that single elimination first round game. You got to get up above those teams, so you have to beat out really three teams to get. At home, ice, not just two, and that's going to be the
1: challenge. Uh, and of course, as you said, BU and UMass playing tonight, so that's kind of a wash one way or another. It's it, it will be a challenge. And you look at the, the standings; it's kind of not really similar, but almost. Last year, we flashed back, and it's kind of that first through six spots that were that jam packed last year. Merrimack very much found itself, you know, at first place a year ago. Merrimack was closing in on first place, and now it's that almost six, seven through eleven spot. I mean, you look at Vermont; they've got ten points. Notre Dame nine, UMass eight, UC and Merrimack 6. And obviously Merrimack has proven to be a much more capable team of winning at home for, you know, obviously you have that friendly home by For reasons that are unknown to us, they just... Have those road struggles this year with just one road win, so just getting to that eighth spot, you know, we just we just reeled off, you know, how far they are from uh, eighth place now. And obviously, not only is it that possible, but I think it's not almost you could say a necessity just because of how much they've struggled on the road. You want to at least be home for that winner take all game, and then you know you get to the best of like you know this year. And, and it's odd, too. You mentioned the one win on the
0: road, and that was the win at Clarkson, the 4 nothing win at Clarkson, coming after a game that they could have won the night before that I thought they actually played better uh, for 60 minutes than they did in the 4 nothing win. But at any rate, uh, you know they've had a lot of these situations where they've played. They've been, just the way the schedule has worked out this year, they've been on the road on Friday and then come back home on Saturday. And a lot of times teams like that because you just got to go on the road. If you, you find a way to get a win on Friday, then you come back home and look at a sweep them, it's been the other way around They've to avoid the sweep.
1: I know, it has certainly been tough in the second half and obviously in the first half, it's just the other way around, but you know, this is a huge weekend for them and the next weekend we got the one game on Friday at BC and obviously that's a huge PC's BC, and Maine is an extremely tough place to play this year, and they can somehow come away with between four and six points. I think we're looking at uh, a team that could be in pretty good shape over the last two weekends, and that's not to say Vermont and UNH or pushover, that I think they're both up and down teams, but you know, they certainly can more than hold their own going the into that last four-game stretch. How about Notre
0: Dame? Uh, surprised at how difficult it's been for them this in, the, in their first year in Hockey East?
1: Uh, you know, it's, it is really... I mean I'm the Eagles, you know, are looking as good as I've seen in the last six years or so, but to that, you know, between the two and the six, seven spots, it really is a wide-open race, so it doesn't necessarily shock me that Notre Dame is mired in the middle there, but the fact that they're a lot of you know, said it, it's kind of shocking with all the names coming back, that you know, the T.J. Tynan and the Steve Summerhays in the world, you know, it, it, I think the road has been less friendly than They thought, you know, having to go away and from South Bend, I just don't think you really, I think maybe it just hasn't easy as they thought they'd been, but that's not to say the CCHA was down last year because they had you know, more than enough teams as well. I really couldn't, I can't put on, you know, how they struggled at least inside conference play. Well, and then they also had Northeastern
0: go out there and, you know, the, they have the bad luck of having, uh, having to draw Northeastern at home that has gone out there the last few years and played well in South Bend and they did it again this year. In South Bend,
1: in Michigan, Northeastern these the reason then the two years before this, Northeastern, you know, they've started the year first half but they have on the stretch, but something about going to the Midwest, that part of the country, Northeastern, has just gotten up for. So you, you have that. The Huskies within themselves are a story. I mean, Jim Madigan had that team in second place. Sitting pretty, not only for you know a pretty good hockey position, but an NCAA at large part as well. And Man, how refreshing would that be for that student, that student body that you know was so close in 08-09, was right there with BU in the conference and in the country for most of the season, and kind of took a step back. And, they lost.
0: They, they led Hockey East. This is one of the most remarkable things to me. That Northeastern team with Brad Thiessen and Ned and Joe Vitale up front, they led Hockey East wire to wire from the very. They played the first game of the season in Hockey East. They picked up points. They were in first place the very first day of the season. They were in first place all the way through until the very
1: last day of the regular season when BU beat them and overtook. It was unbelievable and I think they laid a It might have been the semifinals for BU wound up playing gold that year in the title game and and then, of course, they get stunned in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And since then, when you built up that Husky fan base, and you know, that year, they've kind of fallen off, fallen off, fallen off. Fallen off their hearts have been broken. And this, I think, is maybe a year or two early. Or they knew they had some good recruiting classes coming in. It's like, you've got to be lucky lovely experience like, right with So that, I think, is one of the really cool stories of the league right now. then obviously, you have a little bit up and down right now in the last month or so, but I think they'll be right there now, especially. So it's going to be, for more recent years I can remember, it's going to be a really, you have to see then after that. You know, in that final four league race. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Chris, it should be a lot of fun. Still a few weeks to go in the season.
0: Thanks for coming up to join us. It's always great to talk hockey with you, and hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again soon, sometime. Absolutely, Mike. I will see you very soon. All right, that's Chris Aliano, he is the outstanding sports information director at Merrimack College, and John and I'll be back with more right after this. On a score after two, UMass Lowell three, Merrimack two. Back with more after this on the Merrimack Sports Network.
1: Come on.